And I'm Kristen. And we are the Extra Sisters. So sit back, relax, and let's get creepy. Welcome to episode 128. And this episode is a little special. This is actually the 100th anniversary of the Phantom Carriage. And we have discussed the Phantom Carriage before. It made it into our 100 Years of Horror. And it's just kind of been discussed here and there in the podcast. So this will probably be a shorter review. But it was hard to ignore a 100th anniversary on a Monday. Right. It just fell on our schedule. We had to do it. Yeah. So (laughs) it will be kind of a, you know, recount of this review because we have talked about it before. So again, probably going to be a very short synopsis. And plus it is such an older movie and so ingrained in horror history. You've probably heard about it before, if not from us, from various other sources and just from being horror fans exactly or seen their tropes because there's a big one from the shining that actually came from this movie right so we'll just kind of go through it and honestly i was also going to bring up a kind of a christmas movie also that took from this film which we'll talk about in a little bit too okay okay well not maybe not took from this film but like has been in film because this film was created and then also a lot of other films came after it obviously mm-hmm. but this is a swedish film first of all typically when we talk about silent films and old films from the 20s because obviously 1921 2021 there's your 100 years if you're bad at math right. <laughs> <laughs> this film came out very early on and it is actually not black and white which is something that is very signature of this film now granted it's not a full technicolor film you know it's a lot Mm -hmm. of filters that were placed in front of this movie blues and yellows and then obviously some black and white so you're not getting a full like wizard of oz type of film here that's not what right but it is very interesting because when we talk about films that were around this era we're talking about things like nosferatu and you know when we talked about the 20s we were talking about like the man who laughs and Mm-hmm. stuff like that yeah. which were all completely black and white and this did something a little different which is you know obviously we're going to talk about the actual plot but some of the things that were indicative of this was they had these filters placed in front of it which is something that sets this apart for me when I think about films from the 20s as being so different Mm-hmm. And thing that I really enjoy when I revisit this film because sometimes when you go back to watch films from the 20s it's great as a horror fan you know obviously <laughs> this is part of our history as fans but it can get a little old you know what I mean right I was actually I know we're still talking about the filters which it helped bring like different emotions like if you saw blue you knew maybe this was in the past and maybe it was almost a sad feeling I I really liked how they did that but I also noticed because this is my actually our third watching of this movie because we originally watched it just as friends then we watched it last year for 100 years of horror and now we're doing it again for its 100th birthday and I'm not saying anybody should watch this film three times unless you really get into it but I actually liked it more on the third watching than I did the others I feel like I understood it more I totally agree with you, especially after all of the 
the history we had just gone through for the 100 years of horror. And even if you haven't watched all of the movies that we watched, I think that if you got went through and listened to those episodes, you have to have an appreciation for everything that we just talked about, you know? Mm -hmm. So even now listening to this full discussion of Phantom Carriage and after listening to everything that we just learned and watched and experienced now going all the way back a hundred years, it's really cool seeing it again for now the third right. time. Because you also see its influence even more so this time too. Mm -hmm. Like you said, it's the Chinese. And you see like little nuances that I didn't really consider before. Like actually my first comment this time is the very first scene, we have a girl who's dying of consumption or tuberculosis and she brings issues with her mother and a nun comes in that's taking care of her. And then she has the nun go get this man's wife, which is the whole point of this thing is she wants to talk to this guy. So they can't find the guy. They get this this wife in and she comes in and this nun who is dying of tuberculosis just kisses her all over her face and I'm like oh my god what are you doing and I don't know if it's just pandemic but I did not really consider what she did until this movie because that is so bad yeah I think a lot of it is also where we are right now too which, mm -hmm. which is interesting because when you consider and what we we're going through now as a society with COVID and everything Pandemics like this really only happen historically every, what, 100 years. Yes, we have yeah. had things like Ebola and stuff, but that wasn't like this. You know, we had a few cases in Dallas at the time, but it stayed fairly contained. But things like this to this level only happen every 100 years. And then now that we're experiencing that, you're picking up on those. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, oh, don't, don't do it. Oh, lady, you're going to die. I'm sorry about you. <laughs> Why did you do that? <laughs> so y'all literally, as we were sitting here recording this, Amanda just got a new email. Yeah, we got a new patron right as we were recording. It just says MT. So holla at you, MT. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. As we're recording Phantom Carriage, you became a patron right at that moment. So <laughs> thank <laughs> That's you. That's so cool. Anyways, patreon.com slash the Exorcistress podcast. Shout out. <laughs> anyway, now I'm distracted and excited. So right? every time we get a patron, that's literally where I'm like, oh my God. So it's, it's so exciting. Yeah, it's you guys love us and we love you. So thank you. It's not a small thing. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so also on the day we're recording, we dropped an episode called The Devil's Candy on the babysitter tier. So just plug. Anyway. Check that out. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. So I wanted to bring up the Christmas thing real quick because this is actually a lot like a Christmas Carol, which was written before this film came out. And I don't know it, this film came out. Christmas Carol was written in the 1800s. This came out in 21. And the this was also from a book though. So I don't know when that was written. I do know the author was still alive when they were making this film though. So, well, let's find out because what I really think is so, because y'all know I'm a Christmas bitch, right? <laughs> this film, if you don't remember from us talking about the this in the Hundred Years of Horror, the novel "Thy Shall Sh Wow Thy Soul Shall Bear <laughs> Witness" nineteen twelve. 
Wait. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. The Christmas Carol did come before. They're very similar, but obviously very different. But Christmas Carol is, if you've, I'm only comparing them because if you've never seen Phantom Carriage, think about what Scrooge went through when the ghost of Christmas past took him and showed him his life and how miserable he was. Yeah. No, I was feeling it too. It was definitely very Christmas carol-y. And that's essentially what the plot of Phantom Carriage is. So, Except this is on New Year's Eve. Exactly. So still very wintry, mm-hmm. but the last person to die in a year, then the most miserable, becomes <laughs> basically the soul that drives this Phantom Carriage and collects souls which is very dark, but super cool. Right. And it starts with these three men getting drunk in a cemetery, I believe is what they're doing. That's what I'm talking about. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Respectfully. Um, you know, exactly. you can't just be disrespectfully getting drunk in cemeteries. That's bad juju. But <laughs> they're getting drunk in a cemetery and one of them dies right at the stroke of 12. And so then he becomes you know, the driver of the phantom carriage, but it takes him through his entire life. And he was a fucking bastard. Like, yeah. What's really cool about this too, is it was the not like, this was one of the first films we have too. And something that is trademark of this film is the flashbacks and something they also do with kind of the color, because it's very hard to follow a silent film if it's going to jump back and forth a lot because Mm -hmm. you don't get, and they have to do a lot with their faces and their emotions. Like it's hard to follow music, you know, in with those types of things. So it's doing a lot of flashback to his life and he was a really terrible, selfish person. Not always though. Like we do get to see him in the beginning with his family and he seems like such a sweet father and it's, he like gets in with a bad crowd is kind of what happens. And then he's just a fucking asshole and doesn't Mm -hmm. really come back. Yeah. It's it's, till the end, till the end. It's a descent, you know, and that's kind of why I say, you know, if you don't have anything to compare it to Christmas Carol's a a decent comparison because, you know, if you've seen a Christmas Carol's also, you know, if you have kids and if you grew up on that, you see, you know, Ebenezer Scrooge kind of come back towards the end. And that's kind of how this comes around too. But, you know, now he is essentially death. It's very interesting. And he's also watching, like you said, this tuberculosis happen and people dying and people he loved. And it's, it's very sad and dark. It's even sadder when you find out that he caused that shit. He is the one that has tuberculosis and just spread it to a bunch of people. This poor nun, actually, she's a nun that took care of him one night while he was homeless. And she was supposed to put his coat in the oven so that she didn't contract a disease like that. And instead she was so sweet that she just like hemmed his coat and didn't want to have to make him feel bad or anything. And she ended up catching this and now it's killing her. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. So, like, Scrooge was just a terrible person, but he's killing people. (laughs) Right. I mean, this is a horror, so we have to have the actual death element. We can't really have the, you know, Christmas comeback. We do, but we also see how fucking terrible of a person he is. Like, he ends up going away, actually, for his brother. So he and his brother get in with the wrong crew. He ends up going away to pay for his brother's crimes, 
And then when he comes out, he expects his wife to be waiting for him and she isn't. She ended up taking off and he feels so betrayed that you go through this whole movie with him before he gets back together with his wife. And you're like, oh, my God, maybe he'll forgive her. And he fucking doesn't. He holds on to that betrayal that whole time and then ends up scaring the shit out of them and trying to kill them. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a horror Christmas carol. Yeah. And nobody's really comparing them except for me, but it's easy. Oh, no, I felt it. The, the back and forth with the ghosts. Oh, right, and right. Yeah, definitely. And and it's not like when you look up like reviews and ratings, it's like a horror Christmas carol. Like, it's <laughs> right. not really. And I'm not saying it's not done because you, like I said, you can, and like you said, you can definitely like feel it, but it's, mm-hmm. it's easy to compare if you've never seen it you know it's like yeah uh, and but and also again like the music and I keep coming back to the imagery of this film because I've mentioned before like Nosferatu while definitely considerable respectable obviously super important for our history especially since it wasn't even supposed to exist and was recovered by archivists and fans of the genre and I'm not a fan uh, personally, just because mm-hmm. it is so hard to listen to organ music for like two hours. I love <laughs> right. organ. I think it is beautiful. But once it's like grating at you for two hours, it's like, okay, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. But this one is so different. Like if I had to, obviously when we talked about our overview of the 100 years, this one wasn't like in my, oh my God, if I had to pick one of a this era, it's the Phantom Carriage. But historically, if I was going to pick between like importance of the phantom carriage, Nosferatu, those kind of things, this one really comes to mind more to me than Nosferatu does personally. I don't know about for you, but it- no, I agreed. I was actually thinking of that. Like if we wanted to ever continue these hundredth anniversary ones, we've now done cabinet of Caligari. We're doing phantom carriage now. And we actually, our first year talked about Nosferatu. So we probably wouldn't do something like that, but now going through them, like Caligari amazing phantom carriage amazing and Nosferatu honestly now that I've seen the others yeah a little dull like eh I guess well and because you also still have Dracula do you know what I mean and exactly and and again it is great and it deserves its place and I am not shitting on Nosferatu because I do enjoy it and it and it does hold its place you know it's just you know, and I'm not saying every film needs to be unique and original completely. It doesn't. And there are very few things that are, let's be perfectly honest, but right. even this, like we're talking about all these similarities with Charles Dickens, you know, but well, right. Yeah. But it's just, you know, this, and it's also just part of like this very personal human experience as well. And in Nosferatu, while we do get a lot of emotion out, it's more of like this, this creature and and I really enjoyed all of these flashbacks of this whole life lived and like you said you started mm-hmm. out with this this great father and then we get this entire descent and this really isn't that long of a movie either so I mean I guess it's you know standard. hour 47 oh that's yeah. true. that's true I mean but for as far as like a like a silent film goes you really do feel yeah. the the emotion and everything that he's going through, which can be difficult to feel with a silent film. So, you know, agreed. I really like that. Like you're there, like when he gets arrested for, you know, being drunk one night and he wakes up and they're letting him out, but then they take him to another cell and he sees his brother there. 
and they go, your brother killed someone last night and we expect you to serve his time because you led him astray. I'm like, oh my God, I can't like, I almost respect their point, but you, you see the horror on this poor guy. He has two kids and a wife. Like he really can't do this. But at the same time, he kind of did lead his brother astray. So it's like, hmm, shit. You feel for the guy. I also like that it came from Sweden. Mm-hmm. I know I'm kind of coming back. Like you see a lot of these films from Germany at the time and Sweden. We don't even get a lot of film right now from Mm -hmm. Sweden we have you know off the top of my head obviously let the right one in is a big Swedish film that we've recently talked about but when you think of Swedish horror there's not a ton that really comes up and comes to mind now we're gonna look into that a little bit more but you know I love that this came out of Sweden at the time because we were really more focused on other parts of Europe so Agreed. And I love, like, if you really do, obviously that's what we're here for, but if you look into the research of it, it's so Swedish. Like, it is the the author that did this. First of all, as a woman, that's freaking awesome for back then especially. It was a woman that did this. This book was picked up. The director is also the main actor, and I think he also did the screenplay. He also freaking you know set up the lights and all this he was like a one-man show almost like almost and then when you find out that it was also filmed basically like blocks away from where she wrote this thing or it was like in the same city or something it was like right there this director really wanted to keep it so close to the book and to live in a day and age where directors writers are taking such liberties with you know harry potter or hunger games where they have to cut these books down i think it's amazing that that director really wanted to stick with it so much i mean they actually were going to have to censor this and cut things out but the censorship people didn't want to get the author a woman mad at them wow good (laughs) yeah that energy alive right exactly I don't know if this is true or not, but I also read this was like kind of a Swedish folktale that she made, not her own. Well, I guess, yeah, her own. So it also brings Mm -hmm. some heritage around. That's something I read on a plot that was written by someone, like a summary. So I don't know how true that is. But if that is true. Yeah, exactly. If that is true, that's really neat that this is something that, you know, and because we're saying, you know, Dickens came first and maybe this is, you know, kind of something that was inspired by that. But if it is a Swedish folktale, maybe it's not. Maybe not. That's so cool. Potentially. Potentially so cool. Potentially neato. Yeah. <laughs> the only other thing that I, I this is probably going to be a very short one because we've already talked about a bunch of it and we've now seen it three times and we're trying for you. But there's, there's not a lot. It, it really is what Amanda said. It's basically we go back and forth on this man's life and the good and bad that he's done and and it's all through the guy that actually led him astray is the the ghost the the phantom carriage he's the guy that's coming to get him to basically trade positions with him so you're getting a lot of that too the only other thing i have is especially for 1921 i thought the ghost effects were amazing and i know that i've I've said that in the past but i want to say that again that it is such a privilege to watch these movies evolve and watching a ghost walk through a door in 1921 and trying to think of the the things that they had to go through to make that effect work back then like good job you guys because it worked it looked so good well that's something you consistently read about when you read about this movie is the 
effects that were I mean this was so far ahead of its time on the special effects like they had to be so creative in how to do these things because this was I'm not when I say primitive technology I mean film in the 20s like it was incredible and it was groundbreaking but when compared obviously even to the 30s and the 40s and the 50s I mean, every single decade, and like we mentioned when we were talking about the 100 Years of Horror that we did last year, you could literally see sometimes just one film to the next, one year, how Mm -hmm. significant the advancements were in this technology, sometimes leaps and bounds, day and night. So for this 19, or yeah, 1921 film to be able to do these things, like you said, things going through walls and for these. Yeah. Or like when he goes, he has to get some guy who died in a boat and his body is down is underwater. And I'm like, how did they do that? Cause you can see, I, I it looks just like film tape or something, but it's like, they try to make seaweed moving, but then his ghost is moving through. I don't know. It's so cool looking. And I'm sure it probably isn't hard for us to do now, but I feel like back then for them to figure that out, was genius oh yeah absolutely and probably took a whole team of people and a whole room of brilliant minds and for just for simple movements on film yeah and we take advantage or we take that for granted nowadays because things are so easy for us with computers and things and they didn't have that shit back then i don't know it's just fascinating to me it'd be like super cool for them to see what we could do now (laughs) right oh my god they'd have like a hard i mean i was reading in my trivia like uh charlie chaplin thought that this was the best movie ever made and i'm like i wonder what he would think now like going in to see i don't know jurassic park or something i know he didn't live to see that stuff but wow i wouldn't want to see this remade or many things from the 20s remade but even just like a short film tribute and remaking some of the scenes as like a respect as like a respect thing with some of the things we could do now just literally shot for shot bring some of the things they did to life now I think that would be cool because I don't want to see these things be remade I think that they should be left alone but even Mm -hmm. just like a very short like tribute scene or something with some of the effects we have now would be kind of cool for just like a film lover to do like as an ode to the phantom carriage I think that'd be neat but wouldn't want to see it be remade I totally agree. I thought of that with Caligari too. Like I would love to see what they would do with it now, but at the same time, it would take such magic out of it. Yeah. Cause you only want to see it done the once, you know, and it, <laughs> yeah, keep it with the old magic, the old film magic. And yeah, that's all I would, that's all I, you really need, you know, leave it as is. Mm-hmm. So before we give our ratings, I just wanted to mention there aren't a ton of, critic or audience scores on this but the critics that have rated it it has a complete 100% on Rotten Tomatoes and as far as audience scores it has about 1485 audience members and a 90% so it's really difficult I think to rate low on something like that (laughs) right how do you because you know, how do you do that with the first of its kind? Like, what do you compare it with? What do you compare it with? Like, it's a classic, it's a classic literature. Like, mm-hmm. so again, I mean, written by a woman. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Like five out of five. 
yeah, I mean, a five out of five. I mean, the fact that the director is also the main actor and he went undercover like he went into the slums for a while just to see how it was like he just lived on the street he was homeless when people do that it just goes above and beyond so five out of five but i will i will also note for anybody wanting to try this movie especially i know because i've watched it three times now especially the first maybe even the second time it's it's slow so you gotta it's like a slow build you gotta be there for it but it's worth it Thank you guys for hanging out with us for this one. I know it's shorter, but if you would like to hear like more about this entire era, you can go all the way back to the 100 Years of Horror series when we talked about the 20s, and you can get a little bit more information. We may have talked, it's been a while, but talked a little bit more about it and everything else that was kind of surrounding it, so you can get a little bit more information about that entire era of film. And of course, you can hang out with us on all of our social media accounts. Facebook and Instagram is The Extra Sisters Podcast, and Twitter is at The Extra Sisters. And I know we already talked about it, but thank you to the new patron that popped up while we were recording. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Super awesome. But you can always find us on our Patreon at patreon.com slash the extra sisters podcast for additional content and just to hang out and connect with us over there. And next time it seemed like the perfect house. He seemed like the perfect tenant until they asked him to leave. Till then, stay creepy. Stay creepy.